All right, well, it's, it's good to be with you today, and my name's Brian. I'm on staff here at Highland Park, and uh, we get to begin 2017 together, and um, really, uh, one of the ways I think about preaching is that I always think I want to serve you well, and I think the best way that I can serve you this morning is uh, for you just to be willing to do a little bit of work with me, um, because that'll make this sermon, uh, I think, come alive just a little bit more and be more helpful for us. So if, if you don't have a bulletin, I know that Connor's walking around. That would be of help to you, um, or at least to be able to share with you, uh, if you've got kids with you. And, so, um, and I know that we passed out some pens earlier. And uh, here's how I want us to start this morning. I'm going to give us just about 60 or 90 seconds here at the very beginning, um, that if you open up your bulletin and find... Uh, the sermon page, it says, Making God Honoring Plans, there at the very top. And then about uh, uh, somewhere, uh, about halfway down on that page, over on the, on the left-hand uh, side, underneath the column, it says, Goals slash Plans. If you would, uh, just brainstorm some. Some goals or plans that you might have for this next year. Uh, they don't... Just brainstorm. When you brainstorm, sometimes they're not always the best ideas, but just throw some ideas down of potential goals that you might have for 2017. And there's five different blanks there below that you can just kind of make a column there and write down the different ideas that you have. If you're hurting for any ideas, a good place to look is the last verse of Luke 2 when it says that Jesus, young boy Jesus, grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That's like a pretty good little outline right there that Jesus grew with wisdom, so maybe it's a goal that will help you grow mentally. Uh, he grew in stature. Maybe it's a goal that will help you grow healthy physically. Maybe it's growing in favor in your love with God or your love with man uh, and, and learning to, to care for somebody. So maybe those are just some ideas. I'm going to be quiet now for about 60 seconds and let you just brainstorm five ideas down there on the left, left-hand side. Okay, I'm going to give you about 10 seconds. If you don't get five of them listed, that's fine. If you get just several, that's fine. There's a difference between the guy who sits here and just says, eh, I'll just watch the game. And has no other thoughts at all. Okay? That, that, I know there's, a, there, there, there's those guys out there. But there's, there's other guys who think, hmm, I probably, I probably ought to take care of myself physically a little bit better this year. And I really ought to be a better husband. And they say that same thing almost every day their entire life. <laughs> but they never do anything about it. Then there's another type of guy who sits here and has this moment of thought and says, I, I really need to take care of myself physically a little bit more, and I really need to be a better husband. 
And so I know that my wife really enjoys just time visiting, and we don't have enough time just visiting. I also know that she goes on a walk at least three times a week after dinner. So my goal for the year is to every time she goes on a walk after dinner, to walk with her and to leave my phone at the house so I'm not going to be checking ESPN scores and just walk with her and visit with her. Now, three different guys, which, which one do you think will actually do anything that year? The guy who sets a goal, right? Now, it's a whole other thing whether he'll meet it or not, but at least he set like a, a goal that he might actually meet and that would actually make a really big difference, right? In his life physically and uh, emotionally, relationally with his wife could be a really great thing. And the Bible offers this balanced approach to setting goals that includes making really great plans like this, but also having the humility to know that God might change your plans. That even if you set a goal that's a great goal, God might change it somehow and you might need to do something a little bit different. Let, let me explain what I'm talking about. But to begin with, uh, I just want to read in Proverbs chapter 6. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, uh, then I encourage you to do that. But Proverbs chapter 6 is a great uh, passage for us to start off the new year with. And uh, kids, you guys will enjoy this because um, you, might, you might learn a word that you probably should not use to describe anybody but yourself, maybe sometimes. So, okay. Proverbs 6, and we're going to start in verse 6. Go to the ant. In other words, learn from the ant, you sluggard. There's the word. Don't call other people sluggards, but if you say, I was a sluggard today, that's probably okay. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? How many of you had a parent say to you today, when will you get up from your sleep? Get up, it's time. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. This great passage from Proverbs says, hey, don't be lazy. If you are lazy, bad things will happen. You will not be prepared. For the ant, it means the ant is going to die when winter comes and it can't get outside to get food. The ant had better have all of its food stored up. So the ant has to set some very simple goals, right? Have you ever seen the ants work? Have you ever had a little ant farm? Have you ever shaken up the ant farm because you're a mean kid? Um, I did once when I was a kid. I feel kind of guilty about it now. Um, but I'll be better in 2017, I promise. Um, but sometimes the simple goal for an ant is, I am going to push this piece of dirt over there. That's my goal today. And then they just start working, right? And they, and they go and they go and they go and they go. They, they can't build the whole thing. They can't build their whole, uh, uh, the whole ant farm, the whole, all the tunnels. They can't get all of the, the specks of dust they need in one moment. But they can say, well, this is what I can do, and I'm going to start pushing it. Sometimes in the morning, on a Monday especially, and I think I've got all of these things to do, and I feel kind of overwhelmed, sometimes I just need to think, okay, what's the one thing that I need to push today or for the next three hours or for the next 30 minutes? What do I need to push as best as I can? It's not going to be all finished and perfect when I'm done, but I need to push as best I can. So we need to set some goals. 
Jesus. going to be my three stops on the way and james says you don't even know what's going to happen you're just but a mist and then listen to what james 5 or james 4 verse 15 says instead you ought to say this if it is the lord's will we will live and we will do this or do that okay that's a great goal because maybe this guy who made the goal of i'm going to walk with my wife three times a week well what if she twists her ankle um, and, and it hurts her to walk, but she can ride on the, on the bicycle, um, at the gym, then it would be smart for him. Don't you think to change his goal and say, I'm going to go to the gym and ride bike instead of when my wife goes to the gym to ride bike, I'm just going to go walk by myself because I set that goal. Well, no, that would be dumb. What if she, her job changes? She has to get up in the morning to walk. Well, I'm not changing my goals. My goals were to walk after dinner. And uh, no, change, he might need to change how he does that. And we need to have the humility that when we set a goal, that God might come along and say, you might need to change that just a little bit to honor me and to honor other people and love other people. Proverbs 16, uh, 9 says, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. In other words, we can plan lots of goals, but it is really God who determines our steps. So how do we make God honoring goals? Uh, a few years ago, uh, two years ago, um, on January 1st, I made two New Year's resolutions. One of them was finish a book. The second was keep that little basket thingy in my closet where I put my keys and stuff. And it always gets really messy. And Beth is like, you need to clean that up. It's really, I don't know how you find anything. My other goal was to keep it clean for the year. So finish, write a book keep my little basket thing clean. Which one do you think I kept? <laughs> the basket thing ended up pretty messy after a few months. <laughs> and so um, you guys have been there. You've, you've set goals before and you actually achieved them and it felt so good and you were encouraged by that. But you've also set goals and you kind of struck out and you're like, ah, something went wrong and I feel like a failure. You know what's even worse than setting a goal and not meeting it? Getting to December and somebody saying, so did you set a goal for this year? Yeah, I just can't remember what it was. I mean, a lot of people have forgotten by February. We're not very great at setting goals. So today, uh, I want to help you by giving you the ABCs of setting goals. Uh, the ABCs of setting goals. And I believe that these are God-honoring and biblical and just practical and helpful. So on your sermon page... Um, uh, if you kind of read across the paper, it's got goals and plans, and then it's got three blanks. And one says, there's blanks, and then underneath it says oriented. And the first thing you're going to write there is action oriented. That's the first thing. So we're going to write these three things kind of in a row across here. So uh, the first thing is action oriented. Our goals need to be action oriented. Hebrews 10 says, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Our goals ought to spur us on towards love and good deeds. And they ought to be action-oriented. The person who says, I want to be a better neighbor, versus the person who says, I'm going to invite six neighbors 
over for a meal this year? Who has set the better goal? The one that actually has action to it. Now, the first person might say, I'm going to be a better neighbor and I'm going to do it through these three ways, and that's great. But if all we say is like, yeah, I want to kind of grow closer to God. I want to be a better brother or sister or friend. I want to make better grades. Those goals don't really get us anywhere. We need a goal with action to it. So instead of I want to make better grades, it's I'm going to spend the first 30 minutes of my afternoon when I get home working on homework before I do anything else. We've got to set something with action to it. So it's got to be action-oriented. A lot of us read John Weiss's book, Jesus Prom, and it's just had me thinking a lot about the idea of verbs. You know, verbs are the action. Because he says a hypocrite is nothing more than a noun without a verb. It's a servant who never serves, a Christian who doesn't follow Christ, a giver who never gives. And so we need to have verbs with our actions. Um, the second thing, the B, first is action-oriented. The second thing, going kind of across the paper there, is biblically-centered. <coughs> Excuse me. Psalm 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So it has to be biblically-centered. Any goal, whether it's about your friends or serving the church or following God or financial or health, it really needs to be biblically centered for it to be worthwhile. And you think about it, if you just set a goal that's all about you, eventually you'll get tired with that. And other people will probably get tired with it too. But if it's ultimately about Christ, then it has a chance of really making a difference. Don't you want to have goals that ultimately aren't just about you, but about Christ? And almost any goal that you set, um, you can really make it about the Lord. This past year, um, I guess about a year and a half ago, I had run the Tulsa Run, and then I'd kind of taken off running for a little while. And about February or March last year, I set a goal that I was going to run a 15K faster than I had run the year before. That was it. It was just really, I didn't care if it was one one one-hundredth of a second faster, I was going to do it. And so I started off uh, training and running, and um, about once every two to three weeks, I would actually do a practice 15K run, go down by the Arkansas River, run on the river trail, and um, I would go, and I'd always finish coming back up what they call Crybaby Hill. If, if you, anybody who follows bicycling in Tulsa, there's a big bicycle race, and they, they have this one where they go up Crybaby Hill like 45 times in an hour and a half, and it's terrible. And they call it Crybaby Hill because if you ride a bike or run up it, it makes you cry. It's just that hard. And so I would, run, I would finish it by running up that and crying and panting and all of that. Um, and uh, I think it was like 13 or 14 times in a row I ran the full 15K, and I was slower than I'd been the year before. I'm 41, and that's kind of the way nature naturally works, right? <laughs> we just got to get slower. But on that, I think it was the 14th try, I finally got it. And it actually was a little bit less. My time was a little bit better. And I was really excited about that. But the truth is, it's not all that exciting for me, long-term, big picture, to run faster. It's just not. And you all, you don't really care if I run that faster. But what does my wife and my family, my church and my friends, what do they need from me? They need me to be a person that loves God and loves them, right? And so one of the things that I thought about as I set that goal was, I, nobody really cares if I can run something faster because I can't run all that fast anyway. But what, what if on those runs I prayed? 
What if I realize that when I run, I'm a happier person? That is true. Talk to my family. Sometimes my wife says, <clears throat> maybe you need to go on a run. Um, and so uh, I know that I'm healthier and I have more energy and I can be more focused and I can go on these runs. And it may sound weird to you, but I can listen to a sermon and really pay attention to it while I'm running down the path because it distracts me from how my legs might feel. And it's great. I love, I love that little time together. And so suddenly the goal has become more biblically centered than just being about me. And any goal that we set needs to be biblically centered. It just has to be. And so we need to think about what 1 Timothy 4.8 says. It says, physical training is of some value. It's of some value. It'll make you feel better. It'll make you a little happier, uh, a little easier to get along with. It'll be good for you. Um, it'll eliminate some problems that you might have with your health. Yeah, it's of some value. But spiritual training has value for all things. And so while if you have a physical goal, great, but make sure you have a spiritual goal that's even more important because that's the ones you really want to chase even more than anything. And so uh, make sure that your priorities are right and all of those things are together. We're going to start next week spending four weeks in a row talking about um, being healthy and from a, a whole bunch of different ways um, because Jesus says we need to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so we're going to be practical, but we want to be very biblical. And as I've thought about that, here's what I know. If you say, hey, Brian, how are you doing? Um, I'm just going to tell you how I'm doing. I'm not going to say, well, physically, yeah, okay. Emotionally, doing pretty well. Spiritually, uh, it's been okay. Financially, uh, it's been kind of a rough week. Um, academically, well, I didn't really learn a whole lot this week. I mean, I'm not going to like break it down like that. You don't want me to break it down like that. Or you're not going to ask me how I'm doing anymore. All, I'm gonna, all I know is, how am I doing? Like, I'm just one guy. I'm not split up into 18 compartments. And all of those different things can help me. And so one of the things that we're going to be talking about the next four weeks is we're just one person. So all of the things matter how God has created us physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, all of that together. And so all of our goals need to be biblically centered. So we've got action-oriented. Say that with me. Action-oriented. Biblically centered. And then that third thing on the row that you can write there is challenging. That's the C of ABC of setting goals. Challenging. Challenging. Why do you think I did not keep that basket clean in my closet? Because I'm a slob, I know. But also, it did not exactly capture my imagination. Keeping that basket clean was not going to like change the world. Uh, It wasn't going to like really inspire me. I didn't wake up in the morning thinking, today's the day I can keep my basket clean. Um... But I did wake up some mornings and think, man, I'm getting close to that book being done. And that book can help people. So when we set goals, we need them to be challenging. If your goal is like, well, my goal for the year is to eat more chicken. Well, okay. But I don't know how challenging that is. I mean, I think we could all probably achieve that goal if we really wanted to. And it's just comfortable and it's easy. And it may not even be healthy. Um, we need to set some goals that are challenging that make us uncomfortable. If your goal doesn't make you a little uncomfortable, you probably need to set a new goal. It needs to be challenging. That's the idea. And God, I love, I love thinking about this on New Year's Day, that God is always pushing us further. 
to a little more, to love him, to, for, somebody, for us to love somebody else maybe who's different than us, uh, for us to care for somebody in a way we've never cared for, for us uh, to spend time in scripture that maybe we've never really spent before, for us to have our prayer time guarded so that nothing interrupts us, to be challenging. And it's going to be a little uncomfortable sometimes. Acts 10.31 reveals that God remembered the gift that Cornelius gave to the poor. And don't you want to set some goals that God will be up in heaven and be like, hmm, that's a pretty good one. Wouldn't you want the people who uh, are, have already gone before us, <clears throat> the saints ahead of us who are waiting for us, uh, wouldn't you just love for a conversation for them to be, if they found out what your goal was this year, to be like, oh yeah, I like that one. And, and probably... God and the angels and the saints in heaven are not going to be up there being like, man, I am glad that Brian's going to eat more chicken this year. <laughs> what things excite the heart of God? Wow. So-and-so is going to be investing in the life of the person across the street who doesn't know the Lord. Or, or, or this person it cares so much for the kid at school and is, has set a goal to start having lunch with that kid and to become that kid's friend. And those things excite the heart of God because they really make a difference. Okay, so you wrote down those five goals at the beginning. Here's part two of kind of our work project here today. Uh, We wrote those five goals going down the column, and then we wrote action-oriented, biblically centered, and challenging across. So now I'm going to give you about 60 seconds to make little check marks next to your goals. And if your first goal is, for instance... Um, to, read, to read my Bible 15 minutes every day. Then uh, next to that, is that action-oriented? Yeah, check. Is that biblically centered? Uh, yep, check. Is that challenging? Yeah, right now I only read uh, just a couple minutes if I'm lucky. If, some, you know, if you said that, check. That's challenging as well. So I'm going to give you just a second to go make check marks down by the goals that you listed and what you might find out is maybe it will help a few of the ones kind of come to the top that you really need to pursue. Okay, I'll be quiet and give you another 60 seconds here. Okay, now, uh, I was talking to some friends last night, and we realized that the best goals that we make aren't always contrived to a certain time of the year, and that sometimes God, throughout the course of the year, is going to say, hey, Brian, you need to do this. And when God says that, we better listen. And I was talking to my family yesterday, and, I mean, God crystal clear told me about six months ago, hey, Brian, Those two kids over there, you and your family need to love them. 
I mean, and I needed to not wait until January 1 to set that goal, right? Sometimes God just says, hey, you need to do this, and we better obey that right then. With that said, there, there's something helpful about setting apart a time of the year, like January, when we do just think really carefully, God, what kind of goals do you have for me this year? How do you want to direct my life? How do you want to make me more like you? And a person that can help people and can honor you um, and can know you. What do you have in store for me? And so uh, I, I recognize that what we did today um, probably needs some more time and thought and prayer for you. Um, I would encourage you, if you have a family, to talk to your kids about maybe there's going to be a family goal that you all do together. Um, maybe there's some friends that you have and you want to set a goal together as friends or as a small group. Um, maybe it's just individually. Uh, this could be done many ways, but I want to encourage you to, to take this seriously. And I, I want to close uh, with us just remembering the greatest goal that we have. Philippians 3 says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead. 2017, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we're not just thinking even about 2017. We're thinking about eternity with Christ. And maybe, maybe we'll get to taste that in 2017. Maybe it'll be a lot farther. We don't know. But the greatest goal that we have is to follow Christ and to help other people follow Christ and to pursue that with everything that we have. Because when we wake up in the morning, that's worth getting excited about, isn't it? To know that we can know Christ and we can help people know Christ. And God is not done with you yet. He's not done with me yet. He has plans for us. And he wants to use us and he wants to do things in your life that maybe you never saw coming this year. Would you open yourself to that and make that available? Because God is always working on us. I am sure of that. That he has plans for you. And so set some goals to honor him this year. Uh, we're going to have a time uh, where we sing, and if you would like prayer, uh, we'll have um, some folks uh, just over here kind of at the side that would love to sit down and visit with you, pray with you, talk with you. Uh, if you say, oh, I want to find out about what it means to follow Christ, or maybe I'm even ready to be baptized today, we would love to help you with that. Um, and if you would, would you just stand and let me pray for us. God, we are so thankful for your love for us, and we're so thankful that um, you have uh, given us purpose in life. I can't imagine what life would be like without purpose. God, thank you for the purpose that you give us to worship you, to love you, and then to love other people and help them love you as well. What a great purpose that has eternal value. And so I pray as friends, families, as individuals, I pray that we can really latch on to the, to the goals that you have for us this year. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.